You're listening to The Meat, a 2FM collective podcast. Hello, my name is Keith. Yo, my name is Tracy and this is The Meat. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, all we're hearing on the news lately is Brexit this, Brexit that. The UK controversially voted to leave the EU and apparently it's going to impact Ireland massively. That's what the media is saying anyway, all of the time. But will Brexit really change your day-to-day life here in Ireland? If so, how? Could there be a return to a hard border up north? Will there be devastating effects on our economy? Will jobs be lost? Or is that just scaremongering? Oh, it's complete scaremongering. But you know, the media, that's their thing. That's that's what they love. They love the scaremongering. The they doom love to and get gloom. to the, the doom and gloom, the worst possible, worst case scenario. Let's bring you straight to the worst case scenario and let's only talk about that and, and nothing in between. And uh, I'm kind of done with it now. I feel like England have made a massive, massive mistake. It's their problem. Deal with it. Leave us alone. We've much bigger things to worry about here, like homelessness, like the, the health system, you know, you know, things, old people on trolleys, that kind of thing. And I think that the Brexit, the whole Brexit thing is just this big shiny object that the government used to sort of turn people's heads and make them not focus on the actual work they need to be doing and it's kind of driving me mad. Do you know what I think it's driving me mad as well I kind of feel that will it affect my day to day life you know like childcare is a big thing saving for a mortgage trying to get a house is a big thing. Anyway that's our feelings on the problem and, and to, to sort of to maybe change our minds or not. I don't think you will. We've brought in an expert a so called expert <laughs> on the subject <laughs> uh, Philip Boucher Hayes or uh, as He's in QFM now, what do we call him? Phil, Phil, Philo, uh, PHB, Fib, uh, PBH, any of those monikers. Which would you prefer, Philip? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Philip, who is a presenter. Well, no, no, no. First, first things first. Do I do my own woo 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 woo, or does Tracy do one for no, me? No, I do. You do it for yourself. You always have to cheer for yourself, Philip. Woo 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 woo. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen with Brexit. Once England f off, we'd be free to do our own woos and woo ourselves. Uh, so, um, presenter, journalist. Broadcaster, which which would you prefer? All of the above and many other things besides, I hope. And you're here to change our minds about Brexit. Let's see if that's going to happen. Can I ask you, first off, why don't you care? Why don't I care? The reason why I don't care is because I don't think that an English problem is going to have an effect on my day-to-day life. I don't believe it's going to raise prices. I don't care about maybe having to queue at a passport office or a passport control in the UK. I don't care. Like okay. I, and I, and I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to simplify it. I just don't think it's going to have a massive effect on my life. Um, don't take this personally, okay? But I think that there's a big failure of imagination here on a lot of people's parts in not seeing what could potentially happen. We don't yet know what shape Brexit's going to take. We don't know if it's going to be a hard Brexit, a soft Brexit, a red, white and blue Brexit. What kind of rules uh, governing our relationship with Britain are going to be put in place after March 2019? So an awful lot of this is up in the air. But worst case scenario, just imagine it this way. Imagine that we put a border along the Shannon that the West of Ireland had voted to leave the European Union uh, and that from March 2019, you were going to have to stop in Athlone. You were going to have to fill out one of those little white customs forms. You were going to have to produce your passport. It was going to have to be inspected. You were going to have to have your car searched. You were going to have to uh, answer all sorts of questions about what is in the boot of your car. Imagine, Keith, you're from the West and you want to get a job over this side of the Shannon and rather unfortunately you have a a motor tax offence on your record you know 
you turned up in court and the judge was a little bit cranky that day and you hadn't paid your motor tax and the story that you came up with sounded a little bit fishy. You now have an offence uh, and you apply for a job on the east side of the Shannon. Oh, sorry, you've got an offence on your record. No, sorry, you're not the kind of applicant that we're looking for. You're going to have to continue to work uh, either on that side of the Shannon or elsewhere uh, in the United States or in Canada or whatever. Or imagine, Tracy, for argument's sake, that a really good friend of yours living in Mayo uh, is in difficulty, needs a loan of 300 quid, you know, short-term, quick, the kind of thing that I could transfer by wire to you now and it would be in your bank account in two or three minutes. That ain't going to happen anymore post-Brexit. It's going to be an entirely different banking jurisdiction where there's going to be none of the legal arrangements that facilitate that kind of easy flow of money backwards and forwards. At best, your friend is going to be waiting two weeks before that money clears and gets into her account. And it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of little niggly pain in the ass things that we take for granted right now that are going to change. Because what allows all of us, what allows you and me to, you know, go along with our merry little lives, ignoring politics, saying I don't care about politics or politics is not relevant to me, is that certain basic underlying assumptions don't change, that they just stay the same. And what we've done here with Brexit, or sorry, rather what the British have done with Brexit is they've majorly moved the, the tectonic plates underneath us. Uh, and all of those underlying assumptions about where you can travel to get a job, those basic underlying assumptions are gone now. And all of those things that govern our day-to-day lives that make things so much easier are up in the air or even worse, out the window. Let me... You don't have to put your hand up, it's okay. I just, it's for, not just, 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 not for, just for Tracy. <laughs> okay, England's problem. All of that stuff that you just mentioned is England's problem and they will have to sort that stuff out. And you're talking about borders. We can go through... We can go through... Uh, customs and and all that kind of stuff in America, American customs in in Ireland. So like there there probably possibly was a problem uh with going through customs for Irish people, but we 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 found a way around it and it, it was it was good for the Americans to to help us find a way around it. England are going to have to sort all that stuff out. I'm I'm tempted because I was so long-winded in my last answer to just give you a one-line reply to that. Yeah. Um and it would be England sneezes, Britain sneezes, Ireland catches the cold. That is and always has been. I, 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 no, I, no, no. I have to say, like, okay, fair enough. Historically, that's the way it's probably happened. We've got the backing of the rest of the countries in the EU now. We are the only English speaking country now in the EU. Multinationals are possibly going to look at us for. Uh, possible businesses here in Ireland. Um, the the over in the UK, farming is possibly a big issue, especially for Ireland and our exports over to the UK. And I get that is a problem, but for me, I really don't think it's going to be a problem. You said about using your imagination there, Philip. I think we as a country need to use our imagination and think of brand new ways to market ourselves to the rest of the Europe, to the over the other side, to the America as well. This is a time for us to actually let go of the shackles of the UK and kind of go, okay, years are gone. You've helped us out for so hundreds of years now it's time for us 
to get creative ourselves with how we market ourselves. With agriculture in the UK, it was like it was crazy for me to think that most farmers over in the UK voted to leave when they have the common agricultural policy. They have that benefit that they get. I'm not sure what it's called. They get this uh, flat payment. Single farm payment. Single farm payment. That's gone now for farmers in the UK. Is that not a great opportunity for the strawberry grower over here in Ireland? It's going to be exporting to the UK because the products mm. over in the UK are going to be the exact same price now because they don't have their grants anymore and they don't know where their money's going to come from. Okay. So I think we as a country need to get really creative with how we're going to do our business and I think we're going That's to be That's a fine. really stirring speech and it's a pity we didn't have the strains of our own Nevian play <laughs> underneath it. Um, Let's get creative people! Come on! A new Ireland. Let me wipe the tear away from the corner <laughs> of my eye before <laughs> replying and say do you know what? Do you think it was good? Yeah. I thought it was good too. Yeah, no, no, it was good. It was good but unfortunately it's completely wrong (gasps) imagination is great but unfortunately the EU is not about imagination it is an organisation based on rules and the only reason it works is everybody abides by those rules and if they don't they get punished it's a rules based organisation and institution God's sakes the EU lives its its only business is writing these thousand page long treaties and throwing them backwards and forwards across tables at each other and getting people to sign up to them twice mm-hmm. in, in the case of uh, this country uh, I'm afraid it doesn't work that way and it's not going to work that way because look where do you think half of our food comes from in this country? Well, I'm I'm, pr- I'm presuming it's the UK. It comes from outside of uh, Ireland and most of it comes from the UK. That's now going to be subject to f- up to 40%. But look at the rest of taxes. Europe and what they can export in yeah. here as well. Is that not, is that, you uh, know? How, how, OK, have you looked at a map recently? I have, yeah. It's just going to be more ships. Is, there a big, is it a massive okay. problem? It's not well, that far to France. And, and do you know how much it costs in fuel to send no, a ferry I don't, across the Irish no. Sea? No, €10,000 worth of diesel for a single one way See crossing. I hate this but, coming in here with these the, facts and how much a ferry costs you know, It's not second, fair right? It's not a level like, playing field Imports and exports We're going to help <laughs> each other out here We're going to have a trade agreement with them Like we're, we're like when? everybody when? I don't know but it's going to happen because it's in their interest as do you know, well do you, know how, do you know how long it took to strike a trade deal with Canada? No I don't and You're going you're to know years. how long Stop lying to me with science Philip Nine years Do you know how long it took to strike a trade deal? with uh, North America. Never, because it hasn't happened. They have been plugging away at this for decades and they haven't managed to But don't we have a trade a deal. deal coming up with China very soon It's going to give us billions. We're going to be grand. Ireland is reopening or hopes to try and reopen its beef trade to China, which was closed down since BSE. Hang does, on, does, I'm does talking about money. To do with I'm talking about money. I'm talking about money. If people are going to think that our agricultural no, industry is going no, to no, suffer, no, no. well, we have other ways of making money the in the world. Reason, the reason that I drew that imaginary line along the Shannon in that example at the opening was because that is the nearest and the most approximate comparison to the economic situation we find ourselves in now. There is as much trade between Leinster and Manchester as there is between Leinster and Mayo. There's absolutely bugger all trade between Leinster and Guangdong province or Suzhou. It ain't going to save <laughs> Trace us, is going to fix that. That's what we're trying to, to say us. to you. I just thought, you know, we're going to have a deficit of something hundreds of billions. We can get it from China. That's what I was thinking. It's but the back to our other day. side okay. of the world. Yeah, but they're going to invent but ferries that go <laughs> underground. Yeah, and and much faster. It costs €10,000 a diesel to sail the 
Irish Sea how far the do you Chinese think, are going to build a train that will go straight to Ireland and they'll have it done in a week because they're really good at building roads <laughs> they'll just take ages for them to get their beef I'll but you'll get it in the end but, um, but, but okay so let's take it down back down to brass tacks day to day Tracy, this is sort of your this is your biggest concern. You only really care about yourself yeah, and your friends. Of course. How will this actually affect it? I mean food. Okay, what do you uh, want to take? Do you want to take clothes? Do you want to take food? Clothes. What, what? Tracy, stylish stylish lady. Go likes on, likes go her for clothes. Him, tell okay. Me. No, I'd hate to perpetuate uh, gender stereotypes here, Keith, but you just have, so we'll talk about clothes. Keith uh, is the most stylish man in RTE, so I think he's <coughs> gonna be concerned about this as I well. I bought all my clothes that I'm gonna wear for the rest. He's just taking a day off from a day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, At least I ironed my shirt. <laughs> Ooh, where are we going with this Brexit, lads? Come on, concentrate. I shaved. Um, okay, clothes. Clothes are, you wouldn't actually know this um, because it's probably not one of the things that people register, but clothes have actually decreased in price over the course of the last 10 years by 15% uh, in this country because uh these really sophisticated routes to market for most clothes coming through England, one of the most highly developed uh, retail, um, uh, clothes retail uh, fields. You can tell I'm uncomfortable in this subject when we start talking about clothes. But uh, as, as, as Keith will tell you, so much of the fashion industry, uh, I'm sure in your runway career, yep. you would know uh, <laughs> that models and stylists and designers all move around Europe, move around the world on a weekly basis. They sign contracts the day before to come and take on a job uh, of getting a certain line of clothes out into uh, Next or Topshop or whoever it is. Uh, they're not going to be able to do that. The, the fashion industry is really, really worried in the UK about a brain drain because people just aren't going to be able to come and go any longer. They're mm -hmm. not going to be able to work uh, post-Brexit in the way that they are now. Plus, there will be inflation in the British economy. There will be inflation caused by currency But why should I care about that part for Britain? Because, because they're going to get more expensive. Because... What is next? Is that not good no, what, for what, Irish what is, economy, what, though? No, no, what, what is next? Next is a UK retail outlet based in Ireland. Its prices are determined in Britain. Do you think that they're going to cut Irish consumers a favour and leave the prices the same if, if their costs of production go up? No, they're not. They're going to pass those costs on to the consumer. But You're then, if I was an Irish person and I'm <clears> watching this happen, do I not just shop around then? Oh, yeah, fine. Go and shop in... Zara, which is Spanish, isn't it? Or yeah, Zara H &M, Spanish, yeah, which yeah. is which is which is Scandi. Yeah, that that's great. But I would have thought an ill-educated, fairly ill-informed um, guesstimate would be fifty percent of our retail outlets are UK. But would that I mean, not have our, a, an effect on their on their sales and their profits? So they're yeah, probably not going. To, if but, we're we're but, big consumers of theirs. Yeah, but it will also be passed on to us. But we won't. Ultimately. But we won't. So they, so say for instance, they, so say say Tesco take next take all these, so they have to increase their prices because of what's happened because of the big mess England. It's already happening. There is price inflation in food we, and and in clothes. So already. Irish people vote with their feet, and we 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 just start going to Aldi or we go to Lidl or we go or Duns Duns start taking over because Tesco starts closing down and Duns takes over and they start selling okay. their stuff. And what happens when you have less players in the market when there are 
next and top shop fold and close up there's less competition what happens when there's less competition everybody else is able to creep their prices up again but, but there but, is going to be price inflation but mark my words young man but business said, said, surely said the but sage. surely the surely business and commercial com, uh, the commercial world is bigger uh, at this stage than countries and borders and they find their way they find they'll find their way around it mm-hmm. if people it is and this is the point at which we have to get real and say do you know what we are a tiny, tiny little market right out on the fringes of Europe where the entire market here is actually equivalent to one large city in the UK. They're not that interested in competing for us and making things competitive but, for us. I thought we were but, great. I don't like hearing that, Philip, he, at all. I thought we were a great little country. Like, I'm quite Everybody knows about our, Ireland. Who, yeah, we're, we're like, famous we, all over the world. Everyone cares. As Here, I was saying, though, we, we are, are on the fringe of great. Europe. We're the only English-speaking country. I think, we're, like, honestly, we're Here's going to be okay. best case scenario, OK? Because England are so stubborn, they won't go back. They're not going to vote again. This, is, this has gone too far, OK? Let's you, pr- you know this, do you? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This I is, think they this, should, though. This is, this is my best case scenario. So England are going to have to just plough ahead with this. They have to save face. So they can't, like, it can't, it's, it's going to take too long for them to set up trade agreements with every country in, in Europe. Uh, they will eventually. But in the meantime, what they'll do is they'll have a special deal with Ireland and then everything will come through Ireland okay. and then we will actually no. benefit and we will actually uh, oh. Everything will come through Ireland and go to Europe. No, no, in through the UK. That's yeah. a lovely theory. U- UK, you know to, UK to Europe <clears throat> to, through Ireland. Europe into the UK through Ireland. America. That's not separate. That's, that's, not that's, do you know what? I'm Why did you get to dismissing our theories? This I'm is us getting creative, you. Philip. This is what we're thinking. We should be in government putting these things on the table. Uh, do you know why? Because it's exactly like my six-year-old who wants a <laughs> chocolate tree at the bottom of the garden and every Thanks. single day to be the first day of the school summer holidays. It's not based in reality. I'm afraid to burst your bubble, Keith. One of the big rules of the European Union is you can't go off and negotiate a trade deal unilaterally all remaining 27 member countries have to agree to do it together. I'm sure they do that for us. They, they do it for Ireland. They of course do it for they will. Everyone loves Ireland. Ireland. How, they're on their how own. long do you think it's going to take? In in that six or seven year period while we're dotting I's and crossing T's on this new trade deal and there is no trade, what's going to happen? Exactly. <laughs> we'll we just carry the, on. The, con- the, the containers full of food will be rotting in Hollyhead. Um, the queues outside the supermarkets will be getting longer and longer. Your favourite commodities this is the just won't again. be again. In our worst case, in our worst case scenario, this yeah. is. Like porn for what you people. What do you do, Philip? Though <laughs> it is though. Your Keith, you're so right. Just if I go, tell me how bad it's going to be. Tell me how bad it's going. <laughs> tell me the worst case scenario again. Do you know what? What would you do, Philip? If I'm though? wrong, if I'm wrong, have me back on and humiliate me, and I will say, <laughs> God, I am so glad that I was wrong about that. But when you've asked me to speculate about hypothetical worst case scenarios, I'm just spelling it out. This is the logic of it. If you put a border across the top half of the island, if you put a border to trade right down the middle of the Irish Sea you cannot pretend that your lives are going to carry on as normal they won't but is it not in the DUP's interest to make sure that that is not going to happen for Northern Ireland and Ireland and UK relations well here is where like are they not fighting for that here's where we inject for their economy ideology into I'm so uh, I'm such an idealist I never realised that about myself yeah look there is 
it, it's funny the DUP is actually ideologically uh, quite far ahead of much of its uh, electorate because they would share the worldview many of the people who vote for the DUP that you have just uh, set out there uh, trade matters peace matters more good relations between north and south matters maintaining the status quo should be the most important thing but there are uh, a large number of people within political circles though the uh, the parliamentary party uh, of the DUP both in Stormonton and Westminster who would be uh, ideologically much further ahead of their electorate very attached to the union the constitutional arrangement shall maintain shall stay exactly the same come hell or bloody high water and they will not be departed from that position um, and you see that this is one of the depressing things about Brexit. You see the rise of exactly the same kind of uh, close-minded ideological thinking uh, on the part of Brexiteers and indeed on the part of Remainers uh, in the UK as well. That's the thing that has really depressed me most about this whole business is that you're seeing a return to nationalism, a mm. return to just name calling and shouting politics as opposed to politicians doing what politicians are elected to do, which is to go behind closed doors, not bore us with the details of their really boring arrangements and de deals and just make sure that our lives all continue to run smoothly. I feel really sorry for Northern Ireland. They voted to remain. I feel really, really sorry for them, but I still... I still have some. I, I still don't think a hard border is going to happen. I still. I'm still hoping in a way that Brexit's going to be voted for again. Should I stop thinking that way, Philip? Like it's not going to happen. They're not going to vote for again. They're going to put us the people again because they made a really ill-informed choice. It was. It was. It, they were sold a turkey. They weren't. It shouldn't even went to to a referendum. To be honest with you, it should yeah, never happened. This is my one main kind of uh, plea to people here is. If there is a reason to reject uh, the idea that Brexit isn't going to have consequences to me and reject the idea of Brexit, it is one word, stupid, uh, that we are all, as you said earlier on, you would think for the most part, uh, self-interested, rational, clever people and that we do things in our own interests. Well, both those people who voted for Donald Trump and those people who voted in favour of Brexit were sold a pup. They were led to believe that they were doing something that was in their interest, but actually was in the interests of a small elite. And now they've been left with a bigger mess than they kind of had in the first place. And David Cameron then legged it on and went, oh, here, I'm not having any of this. Bye. See you. Bye. 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, his position was completely untenable, having uh, called for the election campaigned against it and uh, most I think that's where lost. my apathy comes from that, my apathy is because if, I'm like you know you've made that mess now you've created all this for us we're all and I'm that, that's where I'm this. like I look I'm really deal with this you know yeah. I, I know but here's the and thing leave us to get on with our own problems um, politics is unfortunately a long game and it is really bloody repetitive when you tune into the news day in day out to think oh god we're we still on this has it not moved forward mm. It moves very, very slowly, glacially slowly, but you've got to be patient with it. It's not uh, a 90 minute drama all neatly tied up uh, with kisses and hugs at the end. It's something that you've just got to say. 
Brexit is something we are going to be talking about, I'm afraid, probably, well, certainly for the rest of my career. I'm kind of resigned to that now. That uh, I have another... What? God, maybe. Really? No, I'm yeah, yeah. done. I uh, hear. No, no, I'm 20, 20 years in this place. No. And we're still going to I'm be actually just... About. Gonna, no, we're not. That'll I'm going to do kind. one of those. You know those things you do on Twitter where you, where you block a word from your Twitter feed? I'm going to do that in life with the word Brexit. Well, so, you know what? Do do that. I do that every now and again. Yeah. Because... You can't allow yourself to become completely consumed by something like this. I put, I mute the word Trump every Trump, now and yeah. again, and I say, "Oh God, look, look at all the other things that are going on." Yeah, in the world. that's so Isn't true. Isn't that interesting? Do that with Brexit. It's just a kind of a last using our imagination before we kind of wrap up. We've been doing that a lot, apparently. What with if, our say, for instance, something catastrophic theories. happened to? To, to the UK and the mainland uh, as it's some, people the mainland. Call it. some people call it Where's who, that? who's mainland where's that <laughs> Northern oh, Ireland dear. the mainland of France you know back England to his, back to history class for you <laughs> that uh, something so they had um, the economy you know England Tanked. collapsed you know and everybody in England sort of there was no money everything you know it was a big fire back to the stone age everything burned yeah, okay. down you know and everybody had to leave England and what we were left with was this desolate wasteland of a strip of land beside Ireland We'd manage. Why would we manage? But we would. We like, just we, have like to make the best. We'd, we'd of have it. to make the best of. We'd have to like whatever situation we we were left with. That's the situation we're left with. We'd have to find a way around it. Business would have to find diversify, a way. Diversify. Think to, of new to, ideas. To make money. We'd no, have we to, don't even need that. your post-apocalyptic scenario but that, uh, <laughs> to happen. To, uh, to, to get your head around this. Okay. Yes. yes. The most solid set of predictions for the impact of Brexit on the UK economy is going to be a reduction of 600 billion euro by the year 2030, just taken out of the UK economy. The fifth largest economy in the world. That is going to have an impact not just on Ireland, but globally. We are, as I am sure you have heard it said a huge amount of times, a globalised uh, economy. We are exposed to whatever happens uh, on the financial markets in Germany just as much in Shanghai. It is going to impact here. We can't just, you know, close the curtains over, pull the duvet up over our head and say, no, no, I'm going to sleep this one out. I'm sorry, folks. The winds are howling through your bedroom and underneath that duvet. You're so negative, Philip. Seriously, where's some positivity? But I have to say... I came into this chat today <laughs> being like, yeah, whatever, I'm just sick of Brexit, this, Brexit, that. You felt like you've kind of you made me realise I have to care about this more than I have been. Do you know what, Tracy? It's OK. You haven't won, but yeah, you've it's, made it's me okay think. It's OK to be sick of it. God knows I am. And I'm certainly sick of the prospect of another 20 years of it. It's OK to be sick of it, but you need to care because it's going to impact on you. I will care if I think as this country we'll get creative and stop scaremongering and think of solutions rather than problems. You're going to lead that. You're going to lead the the creativity of of this brand new Ireland, Tracy. You're going to head it up. Yeah, I feel like I I feel... uh, Keith, what do you think? Because we had a conversation about this where both of us were like, oh, whatevs. I feel thick. Uh, I feel like I need to educate myself on the whole thing. Um, uh, I feel inferior to you, um, uh, Philip. I couldn't possibly comment. Um, And I just think I really need to um, brush up on my Brexit knowledge. I do really... Speaking of brush, do you want to loan (laughs) a (laughs) word? I do really, (laughs) after I loan you my iron. I do really think that... uh, 
it's really, really, really annoying me that it's taken away from the fact. And I think the government enjoyed the fact that they, oh, Brexit, yeah, we're talking about Brexit now. Shut up about the homelessness and the, and the, and the health thing. Oh, don't worry about that. Brexit, yeah. It's a shiny thing That's to yeah. distract her. That's yeah. right. Leo Varadkar engineered a leave <laughs> vote back in 2016 so that he wouldn't have to do his job properly. Just, Very clever. Be cunning, just, eh? Be just like him. That's really bugging me. But I think I really need to. Do you think that's like an, a, a newsroom problem, though? Because all those problems are there. And it's like the height of the story where they put it in, in position. Yeah. It's like stop on the brags of stories first, put the other ones first, and yeah. then that'll be more in your okay. psyche then. So if that's a newsroom problem, what's a 2FM problem? <laughs> we don't, have, oh, we don't have any problems. Play tunes, yeah. play tunes, hang out, call we each other dudes. We just make people happy. You generally play nice tunes every day <laughs> rather beers. than doom and gloom. And we don't even have to brush our hair when we come into work. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you very much, Philip Boucher Hayes. It's been enlightening, Tracy. Absolutely enlightening. enlightening. Yeah. Thank it's you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's thank been you very annoying. Much. There's been a few insults along the way, but it's yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure. Frustrating, enlightening, what happens like. when you put Radio 1 and 2 FM people in the same room? <laughs> Excellent. The Collective 2 FM.